Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's Trish and Kev on Room 104. Now, we often get jealous of the lifestyles of the rich and famous, but it's not always as it seems. And Vice reporter Zeke Spector, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me on again. I love being on the show. And we love Amazing. having you. <laughs> I hope you guys, I love that I've got a fan base in Ireland somewhere. Absolutely. That's you guys are watching. Like, no, but none of my friends, I'm like, I asked my friends, I'm like, oh, did you guys watch the latest piece? They're like, no. And, but people in Ireland are watching it. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> You've got the support here, and that's all that that's matters. It. That's right. No that's doubt. right. Now, you had the very tough job uh, of mixing and mingling with the rich and famous, but oh, yeah. it's it's not really as it seems, as I said. You've had a hard job of heading inside the secret clubs. Now, firstly, these clubs and societies, they're shrouded in mystery and secrecy mm-hmm. with little to no access to the regular folks like me and you. So how did you get behind the scenes? How did you get these people to open up? Well, you know, the... I did. It's the main, you know, that, you know, the folks who are in these secret, you know, our, our video uh, kind of focuses on what's known as the Bohemian Club and their uh, outing uh, at Bohemian Grove. And nobody would talk to us. Mm-hmm. And these things, like you said, are often shrouded in, in secrecy. Um, and I did talk to somebody off the record. Uh, so I can't really reveal too much about that conversation, but I did ask them, you know, like, what's the deal with the mystery and or what's the deal, what's the deal with the secrecy. And they kind of said, that's just how we go. That's just how we roll. Um, and, you know, a lot of this comes from, I think it's really important to think about uh, what these societies like kind of came from. And a lot of it has to come with, you know, at the turn of the century, uh, there was a huge fascination with the occult and, um, you know, a lot of these ceremonies come out of like, uh, like fraternities in the United States, like Yale and Harvard, you know, at Yale, there's the skull and bones uh, that they're doing these traditions that are about, you know, for oftentimes it's about brotherhood and it's about trust. Um, and, you know, there's weird rituals where they wear robes and a lot of that has to come from the, the dealing with the occult. And you think about Indiana Jones stuff, like people used to be really into the occult. Now it's kind of like, you know, white girls wearing, you know, stones being like, oh yeah, you know, vibes. But, you know, men used to be interested in this as well in this sort of witchcraft, um, you know, the, the cult kind of raising the dead, you know, this kind of death, death, death cult kind of stuff. Um, sacrifices and everything. Sacrifices. Dark arts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so a lot of this is just, a, it's a, 
extension of those traditions, which, you know, uh, and, you know, I, I was able to dig up uh, some family videos, um, which showed, so there's this whole thing with the Bohemian Grove, uh, where they do their encampment, and then they, you know, uh, burn a body in effigy. And for a lot of times, Alex Jones was kind of the uh, main voice on this, because he smuggled it, or he smuggled out a recording that he had on like a pager hidden camera. Uh, mm. And, you know, to his credit, they do burn something in effigy. And I found this um, home recordings of a, of a deceased family member who was a prominent member in the Bohemian Grove and, or the Bohemian Club. And so I was able to look at that and be like, wow, they're right. They do burn these bodies in effigy. Uh, but, you know, it's Are like- Are they real get... bodies, Zeke? No, like, there's no sure? way. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, were they at some point, were they real bodies? I I doubt that they were real bodies. They uh, have the I think, money to do it though and get away with it. That's part of it. Is that I think it's where the conspiracy theories come in. It's like, well, you know, like you know, uh, you know, anybody's going. You know, these people are so powerful that they could have somebody disappear and they would burn them and nobody would know. But I mean, for the most part, you know, Bohemian Club members are they're wealthy for sure. But they're pretty, you know, they're like, they're like business guys. They're, you know, uh, you know, they're, they're not, it, this conspiracy theory wrapped up into this uh, is lends itself to the secrecy. Uh, but, but they're totally like, that's just not, I, I just don't, I can't see that actually happening that they're actually burning a body, you know, like somebody yeah. would say something. Well, <laughs> how, how did it feel when you learned that you had an ancestor who was a part of this group? So, you know, a couple of years ago uh, was when I was in college, I um, we saw these home recordings on like a VHS tape. And I remember seeing them and being like, oh, that's weird. And at the time it was just like, oh, this is so and so is like home recordings. And I took it back to my film school and I, we had the technology to get them like digitized. So um, so when I was talking to my mom about this, I was like, oh, you know, we're going to California. We're going to try to sneak into Bohemian Grove. She's like, you're going to do what? And I was like, oh, we're going to try to sneak into the Bohemian Grove. You know, they're like, supposedly they're burning babies. And she was like, you know, you had a so-and-so family member who was a deceased relative. Don't you remember those home recordings? And I was like, oh, shit, it was that? Like, oh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, so I went back. I found those recordings. I was like, oh, my God, that's what Alex Jones and, you know, his producer, Mike Hansen, were talking about. There's the body going. It, it was kind of like, um, you know, the end of the film, Usual Suspects, where everything kind of like comes together. And it was like, oh, okay, okay. Um, but, you know, I, I will say, uh, you know, one thing about the Bohemian uh, Club as well is it was started, ironically, by journalists, even though they're so secretive. And journalists are all about, um, you know, transparency. So back in the day, it was started by journalists and artists in the, in the San Francisco Bay, uh, in the Northern California region. Um, and it's now been kind of taken over by this like elite, uh, you know, by like wealthy people. And it kind of reminded me of the way I describe it is kind of like Burning Man in the United States that like Burning Man was started by artists. Uh, it became this cool, like kind of cultural thing. And then all the tech bros like descended upon it and have like made it this like super exclusive event. So it's kind of like anytime you get artists into some place to make it cool, the next people that follow are the rich and then they kind of like water it down, make it secret and make it exclusive. And then it kind of loses its, uh, you know, the traditional values that were associated with these, with these entities. So I, I like to think of the Bohemian club as like, uh, as like Bernie man is how I like to describe it. Oh, okay. And well, I, I, I like burning man. I don't know <laughs> if I'd want to be throwing bodies into fires <laughs> um, in the Bohemian club, a little bit different. Yeah. But- 
Do you think, Zeke, there's a difference between, say, the old money crowd and how they kind of um, treat their wealth and their riches and kind of, you know, that, that secrecy we were talking about in comparison to the new younger generation who are a little bit more flashy? Do you think there's a, there, there's a huge difference in the, in the two, let's say? Yeah. And, you know, I think that's a valid critique of the piece that, uh, you know, people kind of watched and left comments being like, you can't, you know, we later in the piece, we interviewed these two young guys and they're much more flashy with their money and you can't really equate the two. And yes, I agree that that is a super valid critique. But I think the through line through both of these is that, you know, in these conspiracy theories, there's this idea of a new world order or that. That, you know, that, you know, that, you know, the Rothschilds and the Illuminati, that there are people that are pulling the strings behind it for some sort of, um, you know, you know, a, a, a future of the world where they're in control. And I think that that is like really missing the point uh, or it's, you know, creating a lot of smoke and mirrors around the central point, which is that rich people just want to stay rich. They just care about making more money, you know? And so the idea with the Bohemian Grove is that these people get together to make business deals. It's people that are influential that they can say, oh, they're so-and-so from XYZ Corporation. I can, you know, make a deal with them. We can talk about this. It, it all stems from wanting to make money. And, uh, you know, capitalism is inherently greedy. Uh, but, I, you know, I'm also like, you know, I believe in uh, capitalist principles. I think that, you know, it brings out uh, competition and, you know, this, it's a very unpopular opinion these days amongst millennials. I feel like to be like, oh, capitalism is not that bad. And it's like shitty what we have, you know, our global capitalism is not like what capitalism is supposed to be. But I do think the, 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 main, the main through line between young kids who are flashy and this kind of old money elite is that, People just want to make more money and they'll make more money however um, however they can make more money. And they're really not concerned with with you or the status quo. They just want to make more money. And I think when you look at it like that, it kind of clears up a lot of the more nefarious elements of these conspiracy theories. And it makes, it makes sense to me, I think. But I but think nevertheless, it goes beyond. This, yeah. yeah go, I mean, like this club does still exist, though. Um and it has to exist for a reason. Do like, do you have a good idea? I presume you do of actual names of people, like who's at the top of this. And then tell us a little bit about this forty-foot uh, owl uh, that they use as well. So it's uh, I don't, you know, they they are secret. You can there's a number online. You can call them, and I've left many voicemails for them. Okay. Uh, but you can call when somebody picks up the phone and they go Bohemian Club, and I go Bohemian oh, Club. Like, <laughs> they have you blocked, Zeke. Yeah, <laughs> at this stage. They devil, I feel bad for that guy who's like, because then I leave a voicemail with uh, with somebody and it's somebody, you know, I'm always like, I'm from the press, like I'm doing this thing. They're like, okay, let me connect to you. And it's some guy who has to probably listen to all these, you know, nut jobs coming in being like, I know what you guys are doing in there. Uh, and he never responded. Uh, and I, so I don't know much about the modern day membership uh, of mm-hmm. it. Um but you know there, you know I think there there are people who are of importance, especially in the California scene, uh, who are members mm. of the club. So there's the club that's in San Francisco. Uh, it's like a bar restaurant. Um, it's like a gentleman's club kind of thing. And then they have right. their encampment at this you know multi I don't know how many acres. It is, but it's an encampment in the Redwood Forest. And it's, I can tell you from being on the outside, it looks beautiful. And I can tell you from these home recordings, it's beautiful on the inside too. Um, 
But, uh, you know, the, and then there's this 40 foot owl called uh, Moloch, which is uh, comes from, you know, it's, you know, and this is where it kind of gets goes back. In, I think Moloch is something from Greek mythology. It's some sort of Lord of the Underworld. So, again, this all like it doesn't look good for conspiracy no, it theorists. It looks real bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but it kind of goes uh, kind of goes in with the. Uh, you know, with with this kind of fascination with the occult uh, that was happening, you know, back in the day. Um, so, I, and I've heard rumors. I mean, I don't know it. Uh, supposedly, Mike Hansen, who was the producer, Mike uh, Alex Jones's producer that we interviewed, he had knocked on it and it was solid. I've read that it's actually made out of um, plaster. That's actually a plaster. Uh, statue that it's not actually a piece of wood that they or a piece of, it's not actually a piece of stone that they carved but it is something that was like fabricated to look like stone um so i don't really know i couldn't tell you much more about it other than it is it is the it is the theme club it is the theme for the bohemian club and you can see a lot of their on a lot of their um you know, uh, kind of what do they call their, their the symbols? Their yeah, it's their mascot. That's what it is. Ah. That it's, um, you know, you can see it on the front of the Bohemian Club in San Francisco. There's like a sign out there and there's an owl there. And in some of the old home recordings, you could see that they've got like banners with an owl on it. So it's sort of their mascot. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. But I, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, again, all the, it, it, with, it's with any conspiracy theory, you know, um, things look bad, you know, it doesn't look good, especially when you like have all this, like, you know, these people that, um, you know, assign meaning to things. And I asked, I asked a Bohemian club member, I was like, you know, this looks bad for you guys that there's all this secrecy around it. You guys don't come out and say anything about it. And they were kind of like, that's just the way it is. You know, that's, uh, they like it like that. Yeah. Yeah. They like to keep the mystique. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, but, and yeah. you never felt under threat or anything at any time? Like, oh, actually, when we were in front, we didn't even like go beyond it. But my associate yeah. producer is making so much fun of me because I was really scared. I was, like, <laughs> no, <sorry. laughs> I was really scared. And I like did want to tell you know, there's some guy walking the dog or something. You know, there was one group that came up in a car, just the same thing we were doing, just to come gawk and be like, oh, you know, he found it on Google Maps and like, let's go gawk at it. And my associate producer was like, talk to them, talk to them. I was like, I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to talk to them. And you know, there's some guy walking his dog and she's like talk to them talk to them and i was like i don't want to talk i don't want i was like so scared she's like you were really freaking out i was like he i don't know what he could have been the chief he could have been the bohemian chief who knows yeah. well there was this one guy there's one guy walking his dog and he was um he was guys lived up there he's a local member and he had worked in there in the catering uh catering i think and he's like oh there's lots of rich food in there there's like lobsters and stuff in there and you know everybody and i talked to a couple of people who worked at the grove um and yeah, there's even secrecy in, in, inside the Grove itself. Uh, you know, that like the women, uh, somebody you talked to was a, was a woman and she was working on the catering staff and the women are not allowed in the, it, during the encampment. So they would have a bus pick her up in the parking lot, take her to the dining hall and she wasn't allowed to leave the dining hall um, and then take her back. Cause you know, women, yeah, women are not allowed in the, in the encampment. So Oh wow! Well, this that's... is all sounding very mysterious. It's very like... serious. Yeah, I like. Are they go, are they controlling like the price of stocks? Are they like I, I'm? Get, I'm getting into it now. I'm getting into the conspiracy. I'm feeling like they might be controlling the world. Well, so that you know, it's true <laughs> that you know, but you know, it's true that you know, rich people have a lot of influence over things. But you know, it's like not all Bohemian Club members are you know controlling the world. You know, it's like not all rich people are Bohemian Club members. You know, it yeah. is a certain group of them, and there's multiple clubs out there. Um, I, I, I just. 
And you, you know, it's like, it, it doesn't take, you know, you have a couple of whales and financial institutions, you know, it's amazing when you look at like all this influence that's around worldwide, you, you know, it's, yeah, they're power brokers for sure. But mm. are they, you know, but are they burning bodies? I don't know. Are they looking to, you know, kill everybody with, you know, uh, with the COVID vaccines? Yeah. I don't think so. You know, it's no. all these things. Anything that's new in the world gets put into these buckets that go into these old conspiracy theories. Mm. Um, and, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, I talked to the head of the Anti-Defamation League last year, and I told him about, you know, this is when QAnon was going on. I was doing a piece about Facebook, and I said, you know, well, QAnon kind of the mother of all uh, uh of all conspiracy theories he said zeke let me stop you there it's actually um the uh anti-semitism is the mother of all uh conspiracy theories so i said okay and he told me about there's this book um i'm gonna butcher the name it's the elders of zion um mm. but it was essentially this like russian it was this publication anti-semitic publication written in russia um and it was translated in a bunch of different languages. And it's kind of like the OGOG conspiracy theory where they talk right. about the Jews get together and they start to formulate a new world order and that they drink the blood of children. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see, you see, could see a lot of these like similarities in modern conspiracy theories as well. Um, and what's amazing about this, you know, the Bohemian club where you have instances of them burning bodies, this new world order thing. Um, but the, Bohemian Club is mostly like Anglo-Saxon. Um, it's like a lot of white Christian mm. Americans, you know, a lot of wasps. It's very waspy. Um, so there's this, a situation where you have like anti-Semitic, you know, origin stories applied to uh, non-Jewish people, but it's still the same kind of overtones of like, there's something nefarious and they're all out to get us. Mm. Um, and so when you look at it, when you like kind of understand how conspiracy theories like kind of start and formulate and uh, continue to reappear in society, I kind of go, eh. I, for when I look at it, I go, it's a bunch of rich people and they get together at a conference and yeah, there's going to be money talk. And yeah, mm. they're probably arrogant. Uh, I don't necessarily buy that they're burning bodies and that they like want us all to take a COVID vaccine so they can put microchips in us so our 5G works better, you know? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. 
cozy because you know we said all this and then all you see all the stories come out on the news that the likes of Epstein and his island and that was shrouded in secrecy as well and now you know in hindsight we look back and we think okay we should have known something was going on there rich people when you have a lot of money you get bored you have everything in your you can access everything and anything so I'm sure it probably does get a bit strange and weird in some of the things they do because what else are you going to use to distract you? You've, you've literally got everything in your, in your power. I mean, there, there are some, uh, there's some sick people out there. Right. Mm. And I think that, you know, in the same population of like, if there's 10% of the population is a sick person, that's a big, that's a lot of people. Let's say, let's say 0.5% of the population is like a sicko kind of thing, you know, a murderer or pedophile, whatever, you know, you could apply that same ratio to rich people as well. And when you're rich, you get to, you have the ability to cover things up and to, you know, buy people and to buy eyewitness testimony. So I think Mm. that they're just much more clever about this, but I think that they're, you know, they're, they're nefarious people doing nefarious deeds in every social class. Mm. Um, And I think, you know, we interviewed a subject, Mary Moore, and I asked her about the secrecy and I said, why you, why do you think they're so rich? Are they, because, uh, you know, they just want to keep getting more rich. And I, I, and she's, she objects to the Bohemian Club. She's a longtime activist in the Bay Area. And she objects to the Bohemian Club because she feels like the, that these talks, these influential talks should be made public. Uh, you know, like kind of like a Davos kind of thing. There's press at Davos. Right. Um, and I agree with her. You know, it's, you know, like these are people who are influential people. And maybe they're not plotting a world takeover where they're going to kill off most of the population. But, you know, the business decisions that they're making, you know, we, we're all, we all should have, be privy to those we should all be able to be engaged with those and be able to say you know you know what with climate change like you know how long did oil companies control you know the press and you know suppress science on climate change you know we we should be able to be aware of of these things you know you know you read about that exxon mobile had scientists in the 70s that they were able to um I should say there was a big oil company in the 70s that was that was able to suppress information um and you know, that is, you know, then, you know, 40 years later, we're now dealing with the, you know, imagine if we had started climate change, you know, and, and conservationism, modern day conservationism back in the 70s, we'd be in a much better place than we are today. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we should we should be privy to this information, we should be aware of this information, um, because we should be able to decide, you know, it, business is not a democracy, and that's okay. But like, you know, transparency is important so that we understand how the business world moves and, um and also it, it alleviates misinformation out there, you know, that, you know, yeah. now there's these conspiracy theories are running wild and so many people convinced that these things are going on. And while it's maybe not as nefarious as that, it's still bad, you know, and um, misinformation just keeps getting worse. So Zeke, after doing this um, mini doc, did you feel like um, you were maybe scared of who might come after you for letting out their secrets. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, either in a lawsuit or in, you know, like yeah. a, a bullet to the face. I don't know. Uh, yeah, Which is scarier. <laughs> honestly, a lawsuit. Cause then I have to yeah. live with that. Uh, yeah. uh, at least a bullet to the face. I'm like, I'm done. You know, I don't it's have over. to worry about it anymore. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, there was a definitely a moment. Um, I think I was more worried about the lawsuit, but there were definitely a couple of times I'd be walking my dog outside and be like, oh my God, like, is that person in that car? You know, like looking around my shoulder because he kind of, is he in the Bohemian Club? Yeah. Once you, once you dig into these things, you know, when you, when you start reading these forums and what people see and what people hear, it does spook you a little bit. It definitely does. And it's so, 
you know, it's like reading a good, like, you know, spy novel or something. You're kind of like, oh my God. But it's a lot of this is fiction. A lot of this is the boogeyman. And I just, I just find it so hard to believe that there's a handful of people that are controlling all of these things around the world and that somebody's actually going to come for me, you know. They have bigger just, problems to worry about. They, you. I'm not going to make them money. You know, that's the <laughs> ultimate, you know, I, I killing me is not going to give them any more money. And I think that's the main thing that, uh, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't know any scoops, serious scoops that would actually cause them to lose money. Uh, okay, well, but, that maybe gets rid of my next question, because I was going to ask you, what's the strangest thing you found out on this journey of yours? Um, or, or something or weird that really struck you as being hmm, slightly off? You know, I, um, I think just the, the oddest thing I think was... Um, well, there's a couple of odd things. Uh, one is like how much younger society values a flex um, in, you know, in, in, you know, just being so boastful about your money. I mean, I grew up in a, in a house where it was like, you don't really talk about money. You know, I never like knew where we were in the social, you know, I had a really good you know childhood, but I never really knew we were a very middle-class family and I never felt like money was an issue, but we also weren't supposed to talk about money. And my parents were really good about keeping, you know, any financial situations like, to themselves. Um, and I still kind of feel that way too, you know, and we're not really supposed to talk about salaries with employees, which you probably should, because mm-hmm. it's important that we all get equal pay. Um, but I just think like the amount, I thought it was kind of absurd how much money, you know, these younger guys have and, and what rich people have and what they can afford. It's like crazy to me. Um, and, you know, I've done a couple, I used to do like, uh, I got in with kind of some wealthy bankers in New York. I was doing their home videos, uh, you know, doing, you know, things for anniversaries, stuff like that. This is when I first moved to New York. And it was really interesting to see inside their lives that way that I saw, you know, they would take private planes places. And it was like, you know, rich, super rich people are not the people you see in first class on, on planes, you know, like I now ride in, you know, first class, cause I've got status and, you know, I got, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm going to Indianapolis. You bet I'm in that front row. You know, <laughs> uh, That's only cause I got bumped up there. Cause I've been flying around a lot, but I would never pay for first class ticket from New York to Indianapolis. Uh, and so I always thought of like, who are these guys? But the people who are really rich don't take, you know, are not getting first class on, you know, United Airlines. Like they're the people who take their own planes and they are sort of invisible in society. They don't interact in the same spheres as us. And I worry about that. Um, that, you know, these people live these lives, they go to the, they go to, you know, not even secret clubs, but secret watch shops, you know, like where this watch shop was, was not a watch, you know, in the video, was not a watch shop that I'd be invited to, I'd probably find something off the street, these guys are going into a building, it's kind of like, you gotta know, you're getting, you know, they're offered you beer when you walk in the door, like, these are not places that I'm privy to, um, and that's because rich people really do exist in their own bubble, and uh, what I worry about is that they're so disconnected from from like commoners, the plights of common folks that like when, you know, when people do start to, you know, had, have had enough and the pitchforks come out, they might be totally clueless on, on, you know, how, how the rest of the population is feeling because they just don't interact. You know, they have people do their groceries for that, get their groceries for them. Uh, they don't have to wait in line, you know, you know, and they get the, all these advantages that like, why wouldn't you take advantage of having a lot of money? Um, but, you know, for most people, you know, we just, we, for, for us, you know, we don't go to Disney World and get those, uh, the fast track, you know, the fast passes, like, that's just extra money that we don't necessarily have. Mm. Um, 
And so I, I think I just worry about that. And then in addition to that, the, the guy at the end that we interviewed, this bomb shelter guy, and he designs bomb shelters. And they can have, you know, for me, if I'm going to get a bomb shelter, it's going to be like a room, you know, the size of a telephone booth. And because that's because of what I can afford. And, you know, we're all going to sit in there for, you know, four days until the smog clears. You know, these people have built underground mansions with mm. horse stables and pools and, you know, billiards rooms. We just, I think the craziest things that just how different worlds we, the rich and the rest of the people live in. And I, I worry about that in the future of how that could one day bubble over. But do they ever get worried that, you know, cause we hear people are, we're not so happy about the 1% and the super elite having all this wealth. And we hear about, calls for them to be taxed or to give it back or you know to give away their wealth nobody should be that wealthy do they ever get paranoid to think oh they're gonna come after my vast sums of money i i i I don't know but i don't i don't think so i think that they just you know and if they do you know and that's the other thing is at least in this country in the united states like I'm really, there's so much dark money flowing around. This dark money comes from wealthy individuals. So that, again, like fuels the conspiracy theory that, you know, these rich people are pulling all the strings. Um, What do you mean by dark money? So dark money flows into super PACs, um, which, you know, so you can make a contribution to a politician and that has to be, um, you know, if you, if you contribute to them, that goes, that's like a, that's taxed, it's in the public record, but right. the, t- the maximum contributions are, are like limited to a couple thousand dollars, but you could contribute to a super PAC or a political action committee and you could donate as much money as you want to. And then, you know, they do all this other work, you know, that, you know, you have, I'm Zeke Spector and I'm running for Congress. I approve this message. But then yeah. you could have, you know, citizens for Zeke Spector, which is a super PAC. And it's like the the uh, the opponent to Zeke Spector is such a dick, blah, 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 <laughs> blah. And like, they can run like as many ads as they want to. And it's people that are like backing me, my candidacy. And I'm, you know, I know that they can donate to that pack. They might tell me out of, you know, out, you know, they would be like, hey, I donate to the citizens for Zeke Spector pack. Um, and then, it, you know, but even though I'm not, you know, conceiving, receiving that contribution, I now know that this person has like contributed on my behalf on their own political action committee. And that gets really sketchy too, because then it's, you know, that's, that's called dark monies. And those, those political action committees are not, those are those are secret. Those are vaults. Uh, you can't get any information on who's contributing, and they contribute. There's no um, there's no ceiling to how much you contribute, and that's shady. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, like in this country, we're seeing now that there's all these bills. You know, for the Build Back Better bill. Um, you know, yeah. there's the climate bill, and Joe Manchin is, you know, he's against the climate bill. And when I look at this, I go, well, Joe Manchin is from West Virginia, where there's a lot of coal money, and he's, uh, you know, still making money from from his former um, former uh, you know investments is in coal. And I go, well, that's you know, that's a conflict of interest. And Alexander uh, AOC, Alexander Ocasio Cortez, has talked about that you know, members of Congress shouldn't be able to trade stocks. And Nancy Pelosi, um, you know, people follow Nancy Pelosi's stock trading as a way to make money. You know, there are all these things that you know, even our power brokers seem to be mm-hmm. making making more money uh, because they've got inside scoops. And I'm like, there's so many conflicts of interest that we just have to get rid of that. We have to get rid of dark money. We have to get rid of um, of you know of, of politicians being able to hold and trade stock. Um, and even when Trump was elected, he had to like give away his business. You know, there, there's just so many conflicts of interest that it, it's it's frightening a little bit. But are rich people worried about it? At the end of the day, no, because mm-hmm. uh, you know 
they'll be able to still buy off politicians. So absolutely exactly <laughs> no, it's, it's bad it's, is america ever gonna change is it ever gonna learn its lesson and try and be more fair and not have all these kind of shady things going on uh i mean you know uh ebbs and flows you know um yeah you know you need a you know you, you know a crisis is something that always brings people together and like after 9 11 the whole country got together um and, you know, I thought COVID, we might be able to put away our polarization and bring it together, but it's only gotten worse. Um, yeah. But, you, you know, the best the best time for economic equality in this country was after World War II. Uh, you know, the rest of the world was destroyed and the United States was pretty much untouched. And we had this GI Bill that put all these young men through college, young men and women through college. Um, and that like really like closed, uh, you know, uh, the economic gap. Um and then that started to fall apart in the seventies when the world started to globalize again. So I don't know, you know, I think it's it, economic inequality is bad for the economy. Um, so I mm, think when, when I think when people start to realize like we've got to do um, something to make it a more equitable society, we're all going to be better off. And this doesn't just go for the United States. This goes for the whole world. You know, mm. this goes for, you know, how do we treat uh, emerging economies? You know, how do we make it, you know, fair trade? Um, and like I said, you know, I, I believe in the principles of capitalism. I think that you can really, um, you can, uh, you know, if you, if you were, if you play them correctly, you can have a more equitable society, but we don't live in an equitable, we live in sort of an oligarchy and it, it you know, there's so many shady deals. It's bad. It's bad out there. And <laughs> it uh, is. <laughs> but tell oh, yeah. me this tell me this Zeke. you know they have this age-old saying of you know money can't buy happiness and uh, we've i'm of the impression that they're telling the poor people this because they want us to think oh it's not that great at the top but it actually really is from speaking to the other side do you think they are happier with their wealth or do you think no, no. I, I, you know, there is a study that came out that like you only need to make seventy or eighty thousand um, dollars, and then your return on happiness like actually goes away. You know, rich people have the same problems too. That they're depressed and they're lonely, and you know they feel insecure. You know, these things are such human emotions. Uh, maybe they don't feel as agitated about going to the grocery store, and maybe they don't have the added stress. You know, a lot. Of, oh my God, having not having money causes so much stress, and you know, disrupts a lot of marriages. So I'll give them that. But like. You know, you could still be the richest person in the world and you could be the loneliest person in the world. And you might actually be more lonely when you're more rich because you can't relate to a lot of people when you have that much money. Uh, but you can cry in a Lamborghini and you'll feel good about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it's so superficial, you know? Yeah. It's so icky, you know? Like, oh, cool, you got a Lambo. But like, you know, do you have great sex? Do you feel happiness? Mm -hmm. I, you know, these there are things that money cannot buy you. Um and, you know, I, I think that often when you don't have as much money, you, you tend to be more optimistic in terms of where you can find happiness that you don't need material goods. Um, you can find happiness in um, walking your dog or in a really good laugh. Like that sounds so cheesy when I say it, but I, I genuinely mean it that, you know, uh, you know, relying on material goods for making you feel good is, is, is sad and it's lame, um, so, you know, the, sh the grass is always greener on the other side, but I would just keep that, keep that perspective in mind. If you don't have a lot of money out there, but you could still find, you know, reason to laugh about something you're doing just, you're doing just good. You don't need a Lambo to make you feel like a good person and you shouldn't. 
Listen this to all this sounds man. like he is uh, speaking the truth. Yeah, it all sounds like an episode of Succession. You, like I feel like that show gets it right. Do you like you're there in New York or around uh, these people? Do you think Succession really hits the nail? When it I, I, I've always seen the first episode twice. It's been on my to do list. I'm still catching up with The Sopranos. Okay, so I think you my see, HBO no, you gotta list see Succession. Is um, yeah, <laughs> I got I gotta watch it. I gotta watch yeah. it. But, you, you also know, gotta okay, watch out. You gotta watch out for those owl symbols that you don't start seeing them around the place. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah. They could, they could be coming after you, Zeke. You know, watch out! Wow. Just watch out! Freaking! I'm looking out my window right now. <laughs> you just see owls everywhere. <laughs> yeah, my my dog. I've got a little corgi. He's really not going to protect me when uh, when when the <laughs> when guy they comes come around knocking. the corner. That guy's useless. This little dwarf dog. That guy's useless. <laughs> Zeke, um, thank you so much for chatting to us again. Uh, uh, it's always, always great to chat to you. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for Hi, having Zeke. me on. I know we went over time, but it's always a good sign, too. So. It is. Definitely. It is. Definitely. Okay. Thanks, Emil. Have Take a good care. Bye. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.